Good morning and welcome to The Ripple, your daily podcast for all the circles in your life. Happy first day of December. It's Tuesday, December 1st, and let's get to your headlines. Five days before Democrats in the Vermont House of Representatives plan to officially decide on the nomination for Speaker of the House and other leadership positions, the team that will guide the lower chamber for the next two years seems to be set. While Democratic Majority Leader Jill Kronwenski of Burlington has been the presumptive next Speaker of the House for the, next ten, uh, for the past 10 days, Representative Emily Long of Newfane now looks poised to become the next Majority Leader of the 92-member caucus. With the lower chamber's leadership taking shape, a clearer picture is emerging of what the state house hierarchy will look like for the next two years. Last week, the Vermont Senate named an all-female leadership team, unanimously nominating Senator Becca Ballant of Wyndham to be the upper chamber's next pro temp and picking Senator Allison Clarkson of Windsor as the new majority leader. The Democrats hold an overwhelming majority in the House with more than 90 of the 150 seats in the chamber. The Republicans hold 46 members, while there are seven progressives and five independents. Nationally, U.S. President-elect Joe Biden has named ex-Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen as his nominee for Treasury Secretary. If confirmed by the Senate, she would be the first woman ever to hold the post. She was among several women chosen for top economic positions. The Biden transition team said others were set to break racial barriers if confirmed. Mr. Biden has pledged to build a diverse administration. He earlier appointed an all-female senior press team. His transition team said his picks for senior economic roles would help lift America out of the current economic downturn and build it back better. Mr. Biden has also announced the formation of a presidential inauguration committee ahead of his swearing-in on January 20th. The committee will be responsible for organizing inauguration-related activities. In a new analysis, the United Nations has suggested that the UN Paris Climate Agreement are making climate goals within reach. The Climate Action Tracking Group looked at different climate promises from China and other nations, along with carbon plants of U.S. President-elect Joe Biden. These commitments would mean the rise in world temperature would be held at 2.1 degrees Celsius by the end of the century. Previous estimates indicated up to 3 degrees of Celsius of heating, which would have disastrous impacts. But the experts are worried that the long-term optimism is not matched by the short-term plans to cut CO2. For more than a decade, researchers from the Climate Action Tracker have kept a close eye on what countries' collective carbon-cutting pledges mean for our warming world. After the failed Copenhagen summit of 2009, the group estimated that global temperatures would rise by as much as 3.5 degrees Celsius by the end of the century. But the creation in 2015 of the Paris Climate Agreement, which was designed to avoid dangerous warming of Earth, made a considerable impact. As a result of the international deal, countries slowly started to switch away from fossil fuels. In September this year, the group concluded that the world was heading for warming of about 2.7 degrees by 2100. This figure was still far above the 2 degrees Celsius goal contained in the wording of the Paris Pact, and nowhere near the more challenging 1.5 target that scientists had endorsed as the threshold of destructive warming in 2018. Their new optimistic analysis now suggests a rise of 2.1 by the year 2100. 
In sports last night, DJ Metcalf stole the show in Monday Night Football as the Seattle Seahawks beat the Philadelphia Eagles 23-17 in Philly last night. Metcalf, the star wide receiver, had 10 receptions for 177 yards. The win moves Seattle to 8-3, while the loss drops Philly to 3-7. Across the pond, Fulham earned a much-needed win over Leicester City in the Premier League, winning 2-1, while West Ham earned a 2-1 victory over Aston Villa last night as well. The losses by Leicester and Villa prevented them from moving into the top four of the Premier League. Now let's check in on your weather forecast for today. Welcome to your high temperature for the day. Whenever you're listening to this, it'll probably be that you'll be experiencing the highest temperature of the day because as the day goes on, it gets colder and colder. Highs overnight reached the upper 50s and will hold a bit this morning, but those temps will be in the 40s by this afternoon. Rain will be around for most of the day as well. Sunset tonight is at 4.14 p.m. Let's take a look now at one of the most famous civil rights incidents in world history in Today in History. In Montgomery, Alabama on this day, Rosa Parks is jailed for refusing to give up her seat on a public bus to a white man, a violation of the city's racial segregation laws. The successful Montgomery bus boycott, organized by a young Baptist minister named Martin Luther King Jr., followed Parks' historic act of civil disobedience. The mother of the civil rights movement, as Rosa Parks is known, was born in Tuskegee, Alabama in 1913. She worked as a seamstress and in 1943 joined the Montgomery chapter of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People or NAACP. According to a Montgomery City Ordinance in 1955, African Americans were required to sit at the back of the public buses and were also obligated to give up those seats to white riders in the front if the front of the bus filled up. Parks was in the first row of the black section when the white driver demanded that she give up her seat to a white man. Parks's refusal was spontaneous, but was not merely brought on by her tired feet, as is the popular legend. In fact, local civil rights leaders had been planning a challenge to Montgomery's racist bus laws for several months, and Parks had been privy to the discussion. Learning of Parks' arrest, the NAACP and other African-American activists immediately called for a bus boycott to be held by black citizens on Monday, December 5th. Word was spread by flyers, and activists formed the Montgomery Improvement Association to organize the protest. The first day of the bus boycott was a great success. And that night, the 26-year-old Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. told a large crowd gathered at the church, quote, the great glory of American democracy is the right to protest for right, end quote. The boycott stretched for more than a year, and participants carpooled or walked miles to work in school when no other means were possible. As African Americans previously constituted 70% of the Montgomery bus ridership, the municipal transit system suffered gravely during the boycott. On November 13, 1956, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down Alabama State and Montgomery City bus segregation laws as being in violation of the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. On December 20th, King issued the following statement, quote, The year-old protest against city buses is officially called off, and the Negro citizens of Montgomery are urged to return to the buses tomorrow morning on a non-segregated basis, end quote. The boycott ended the next day. 
Rosa Parks was among the first to ride the newly desegregated buses. And that's your episode of The Ripple today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Be safe, be kind to each other, and have a sterling day. If I knew the way, I would take you home.